You are listening to Natural Born Alchemist. This is episode 336 and my name is Alex and if you have subscribed to this podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcast or any other like those sites and you've left a nice review then I'm sure you know that this is the Natural Born Alchemist podcast. Um, have you ever heard about the DMT? N-N-dimethyltryptamine. Uh, yeah, we've talked about that before. And we're going to talk about it again in this episode. My guest is author Adam D. Butler. And the book he wrote and recently released is called Butler's DMT Field Guide. A brief history, step-by-step recipes and personal experiences from a DMT-saturated consciousness. So thanks for being on the podcast. You are very welcome. I'm happy to be here. So can you... Uh, talk a bit about who you are and what you do? Uh, I guess the, the best way to answer that is me before the book and me after the book, because really it's, it's, it's two completely different people, I guess, and two completely different stories. Um, and, and that book being, you know, I, I think the one why you reached out to me. So Butler's DMT Field Guide. Uh, really my, so I'm, I'm, I'm 43 years old. Uh, I live in the United States. Prior to about three years ago, um, you know, I, I really had a, a great life. I had great upbringing, great parents, every advantage possible, great college, um, you know, had business success, had, had all of that. And then I lost it all through a, a bunch of, I don't want to say even tragic events, just really events of my own making. Uh, I was self-destructive. I was an alcoholic, uh, which led me to being suicidal and, and depressed. And, and, and that with all of the material goods that any man could ever ask for. Uh, I had multiple homes. I was making, you know, six-figure income. I had a beautiful woman. I, I had all of that. And then, like I said, I, I, I lost it all. And that really forced me to to take a, a deep look at myself and realized, I guess, one, I, I needed to, to stop drinking alcohol. So that, that was a huge part of the story. So I'm, I'm coming on three years sober now. Uh, that clarity opened up my mind to, to really exploring myself even further. And, and that's where psychedelics came in. Uh, started with being comfortable with mushrooms, uh, doing pretty, pretty decent sized doses, uh, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight grams. And then was able to, to get into DMT. And, and I say get into, um, DMT found me kind of, and that seems to be a common story and thread between people, uh, who either use ayahuasca or DMT, that somehow somebody kind of calls to them. And um, it was brought to my attention that I had access to it. And then it took probably four or five months of, of kind of research and, and preparing myself to, to go into that space. And once I went into the DMT space, uh, and I mentioned this in the book, my, my first kind of session was pretty intense where, where I did you know, like seven sessions, each session, multiple hits. And, and at the end of that came through with a, a whole new understanding of life and, and a whole new understanding of myself. And, uh, you know, I guess at that point, <laughs> my entire life had blown up. Uh, I had no job. I had spent all my money. Um, I had just spent a year and a half really living on the road, um, which was something which, which was an amazing experience. Uh, I, I quit my job and just traveled the country and, and went to 38 states, um, you know, all these beautiful national parks and really tried to explore myself. 
And after coming through that experience, decided that I think maybe if I share my story and my rawness and, and how I, I lost everything, but then found it again through, through the help of psychedelics, th- through the help of, of love of other people, um, that if I share that story, that that may help other people. And uh, that's where this book came about. So it was published this March. And really, since then, I've, I've been trying to not even really promote the book, but promote the message of of help. You know, there's a lot of people in dark places and uh, a lot of people doing self-destructive things. And I think DMT, as well as other psychedelics, can really help people. So that's so that's me now. So so now I'm the DMT psychonaut author. Uh, before I was the successful businessman who thought I had it all, which really didn't. Yeah, it's funny. Every time I read about or you or you read about somebody who is in some way complaining about something regarding their wealth you always see these comments like yeah give me that money and i always think about like they don't because it's easy for you to say you got the money but um, i don't think people realize that uh, it does not it it is true that thing where it doesn't really bring you happiness i mean uh, if you're rich and you're happy from other sources it it could make your happiness greater i guess but if you're not happy it doesn't matter how much money you have uh, i always remember i don't know if you know the uh, the guy who created minecraft uh, he uh, he sold it to microsoft and he became like a multi-billionaire overnight and uh, he posted a, an image on his social media from his new mansion he bought and my instant reaction was that he looked depressed. It looked depressing because he was just sitting there in this huge mansion. And I realized that uh, none of his former friends could probably relate to his experience of getting that much money so quickly. Uh, and you become isolated. And uh, only a few months later, he came out with the fact that he, he was actually depressed, even though he had all the money in the world, you know. So it doesn't really help. I have come to the new realization that uh, most material stuff uh, is mainly just uh, expensive trash. (laughs) You can't can't really take it with you when you die. You know, if you can't take it with you when you die, it doesn't really have much value. Uh, so it's a bit funny with uh, actually Bitcoin you can take with you when you die if you remember the code but <laughs> but otherwise yeah so uh, this DMT field guide uh, why do you call it field guide uh, I wanted to make it approachable and, and easy to read and, and something that could kind of be not breezed through but but kind of gone through chapter by chapter um, and I guess it kind of tries to give reverence to um to my college days. So I, I was an entomologist back in the day. So I, I studied insects. I was working on uh, mosquito-borne viruses. And, you know, so field guides, well, field guides excuse me, were always a, a big part of, of going out into the woods. Um, and it was always nice just to have a reference. So when I got into researching DMT, um, and, and there, there's a lot of amazing work out there. You know, obviously that 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 main study by Rick Strassman in the 90s, um, you know, there's a lot of new people doing research that, that are, you know, I've been putting 10, 15, 20 years of, of their lives dedicated into the, the neurobiology and neurochemistry of, of how this interacts. And, and um, you know, I, I'm not that guy. I, I'm not the, 
the scientifically trained, you know, scientists when it, when it comes to this, I wanted to really approach it from compile the information, put together what, what I think is needed for people to ask then further questions and then do their own, own research. So, you know, I, I hit on a couple of the, the key voices and, and the key people I think that, that should be listened to. Um, you know, I, I talk about Terrence McKenna quite a bit in the book. Uh, I, I think not only about DMT, but just his life philosophy is, is something that, that, you know, people should explore further. Uh, I wanted to put together the recipes because I think that was something that was, that was huge. And, and I think, you know, my understanding is, is you had kind of firsthand experiences when you, when you went to the Amazon to, to use these, these molecules in these plant-based medicines was that they really do, you know, they, they come from the earth and, and they're, they're easy to be extracted. And if, and they, they really, that process of extraction can be very therapeutic and spiritual in itself. And the recipes are, are out there. They're easy to get, you know, these aren't personal recipes or anything like that. They're really just, just recipes that are out on the internet. But I, once again, I wanted to, to rewrite them in a really easy form because they, they really are simple step recipes, you know, and then also kind of go over some of my experiences using it to, to ideally, not that you can ever walk somebody through a DMT session, but kind of prepare them, you know, maybe talk about how the, the environment and, and intention is, is huge, how every time you really, you really need to have a purpose on why you're doing it. Um, and then kind of wrapped it up with, so, so now what, you know, how can you apply the, the new, well, how do you apply the information that you get in the DMT realm to everyday life? So how do you apply that to relationships? How do you apply that to science? How do you reapply that to, to politics? Um, now I, I listened to your last podcast and you were going on quite the tirade about your, you know, society and, and government and just how fucked up and flawed they are. And, and it's, it's true. It, it's horrific. Um, and there's all this, you know, red team, blue team and everybody fighting against one another. And it's just, Man, if we could all use the knowledge that you can gain from doing a DMT or ayahuasca session, realize that we really are all all one and kind of all on the same team. If I did ten percent of what what the the leaders do in my community, I'd be put away for life. Oh, yeah, no, I agree. Though <laughs> so I I say that in my book, kind of jokingly, but but serious that you know I'm I'm willing to to share my stash with with any politician, and and you know in my opinion, there's no way. Somebody could go on a two or three day ayahuasca retreat, you know, find themselves, find their gods, speak to Mother Earth, you know, do all of these these deep things, and then go back to work on Monday and, and have these petty fights about bullshit. Um, you know, I, I think it just it would it would wipe a lot of that that out. Um, now, you know, I I I I get this a lot too about what if. You know, what about the elite controlling people and what if they get their hands on DMT and, and can they control and manipulate the masses? And, you know, I guess the answer is, yeah, if, if you're if you have bad intentions and you're a narcissistic, mean, evil person and, and you try to use DMT to control people, then, yeah, I guess maybe you could do it <laughs> even more. But the problem with the give all the politicians uh, ayahuasca ceremonies is that it, it could work, but uh uh, I've, I've, uh, I can't remember where I saw it, but I think uh, it uh, it doesn't work on on if you're a sociopath or a psychopath. <laughs> That's true. It can actually enhance the so and they often say like if you have very deep issues like that, you should probably not do psychedelics because it could make you go like insane. Uh, and the problem is that many of those politicians probably are sociopaths, so. 
maybe it wouldn't work on those. But it could help the, the mid-level politicians who are on the rise so they don't fall into those traps. Because usually most politicians probably start out with uh, good intentions, you know, but then they have to get swallowed up by the machine. Well, I guess that, that's, you know, one of the beauties about psychedelics is it really holds a mirror up to yourself. Um, you know, it, it forces you to, to really take stock of, of good and bad. Um, you know, I think that a lot of the intention now is, is obviously the thera- therapeutic use and, and mental health aspects. And, you know, ultimately that, that's how I kind of got drawn into it um, because it really does help people on, on a very subjective personal level. So did uh, DMT eliminate your, uh, like, the suicidal thoughts? It, it allowed me to create the, the new and correct compartment in my brain to put all of the information that was otherwise driving me crazy. Um, I mean, honestly, so I, I went out and, and I mentioned how I, I went and traveled the, the States and, and took over a year off. So I, my intent really was to, to piss through all my money, blow it all, and, and, and end it. Um, so I, I spent like 70, 80 grand and, and kind of went out as kind of one final hurrah. And then, so I, I live in Rhode Island. So on, on the, the, you know, East coast and, and I drove to California twice in, in that span. And, and one of the times that, that first time really, when I went out to, to California and I was on the coast and I said, you know, I looked up to, to God and, and really, oh God, however you want to call it, it universal spirit energy information um and kind of said like if you don't give me a sign now like i'm i'm done i i have a a lot of power in this this body and mind and i can use it for great creative force or i can use it for destructive force and and i kind of like i said i I asked for for a sign and i got it 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 was an extremely personal sign it it was a, a family related sign and um that instant really, I realized that, that I wanted to live and, and how fortunate I was. So first thing I did was call my mother and apologize for all the, the crap that I had put her through. Um, you know, I, I was basically calling her every, every day, um, kind of just, just checking in. So she went through that whole journey with me. So the, the first thing was, Hey, I'm coming home and, and I'm, I'm comfortable and I'm not in this space anymore. Uh, so it, it knocked me out of that depressed state but, but then what it also did was, you know, and, and it's not like, oh, you take this magic pill and then everything's good and now your, your life is great. If anything, it shined a, a light on this huge pile of shit that I needed to now shovel myself out of. Um, you know, I, I quit my job. Uh, I had threatened to kill somebody. That, that was part of my, my story too. I, I got screwed out of, out of 900 bucks, right? So in the grand scheme of things, I, I was making, a, a, you know, a bunch of money. 900 bucks was nothing, but, but I had just lost it. So you know, here I was with, with all, everything that I had prior that, that gave me any sense of, of worth or, or, or gratification really was, was just gone. Um, all I had was what I could fit in my two door car. And so now it was, what do you, what do you do? And like I said, I guess that that's the beauty of, of the psychedelics was it, it showed me exactly where I needed to fix what I needed to put time and energy into probably just as important where not to keep looking, you know, to, to stop banging your head against the wall, trying to address the same issue and, and stop wasting all of this energy fighting that. And, and then really the the biggest take home was stop blaming outside external shit for your problems and, and stop looking for outside external solutions to your issues where, where everything ultimately, once I realized that all of the source of my, my problems were coming from me, but then more importantly, 
the power to fix those was all also in me. And, and that was the exciting transformation. I mean, and I'm still, believe me, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I still have a long, long way to go. I, I'm certainly nowhere near out of that, that pile of bullshit to, by any stretch. Um, but I'm comfortable in it and, and I'm content doing it because I'm not self-destructive anymore. I always try to imagine the, like the first human or like when they, not the first, but you know, when, when you could make fire and, uh, you were living in the wilderness, uh, as a, as a human, you know, there was no, uh, civilization to speak of, uh, at, in that time, you really only had yourself. There was really nothing else. You couldn't turn to anybody else. I mean, if you couldn't fix it yourself, you probably be dead. Uh, so I always try to think about that kind of uh, mentality in my own life. Like to uh, could also go a bit overboard in the sense that uh, maybe not ask for help at all. Sometimes you need to ask for help, but like sometimes I go too far in the other direction that I don't want any help of, about regarding anything, you know, because it's quite empowering to manage it yourself. Because uh, I think a big problem in society is this like victim mentality and that the, somehow somebody else is going to fix everything all the time. And uh, so in that sense, uh, psychedelics is very anarchistic where you don't really have any leader except yourself or if you perceive the psychedelic intelligence uh, as your leader uh, if you want to look at it like that or a teacher maybe a better term yeah it's it's amazing uh, i uh i learn so much every every session that i that i go into um you know and and now knowing the the, the power of what what's accessible. Um, and, and I guess now, like, so, you know, so, so you asked, I, I did it help with the, with the, the mental health. So, so yes. So now, you know, now I'm in this place now where, what do you do with the information now that your whole perception has been completely changed and shifted? Now, now you know that your consciousness has been expanded. You're able to perceive the world in a completely different way. Um, you know, now it's like, well, what do you, what do you do with it? How do you, how do you go through your everyday life after having gone through, through, through these realms? And, you know, and, and I had to laugh as one, you went through a shitload of F-bombs in your last podcast about how pissed off you were, about how you just feel as though people just don't get it and how, you know, and, and you kind of humbly said too, it's not that you're saying that you're smarter than anybody else or, or that, you know, you're the only one that gets it. But it's just like so many people are just ignorant to to such a wider sense of, of, of what's out there. And, you know, once, once you, once you've been into, to a different level, like, and, and, and I do want to state too, psychedelics certainly isn't the only way to get there, um, you know, through meditation, through, through breathing exercises. And that's one of the things why, why DMT is, is amazing too, that, that endogenous factor, the fact that it is produced in your own body and that you can through breathing and meditation, um, you know, get yourself into that, that quiet space. That's that, that allows, um, it's, it's, it's pretty awesome once you can tap into it. Yeah. It, you know, it's, it's weird to say that it's probably the best thing that ever happened to me. And, and that also seems to be a common, you know, story from people too, it, because 
now everything has meaning. So, you know, when I was making five grand a week and, and had multiple houses and, 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 you know, take multiple vacations and everything like that, I, I just, I was never there. I was never present. And, um, it's just everything now has way more meaning. So every cup of coffee you smell and you you feel the warmth and you, you feel the vapor in your nose. You know, every time you, you take a shower, you appreciate the, the warm water. Uh, every night now, and however, you know, everybody kind of has their own way of doing it. But, you know, every night now I, I say my prayers of gratitude. And, and every morning I wake up and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm so happy that I woke up. And, and what, can, what can I get out of today where before, I mean, I just took all of that for granted and, and what a sad, sad way to live life where now, you know, and, and I have friends like the other day, he was like, Oh, how, how you been? You know, how, how was your day today? And I felt, I felt kind of corny saying it like this, but I was like, honestly, I said every day for the last like year, year and a half of my life has been fantastic because, because I make it fantastic. And, and that doesn't mean you don't get upsetting news or you don't have bad things happen or, or, you know, your plans don't get thwarted every so often. But with that, what can you learn from it? Maybe my plan got thwarted for the right reason. What, what, you know, if I'm having this sense of stress or pain, what can I learn from it? And it's just, I'll never lose it, you know. So, to, so to have gained this insight at, at in my early forties, I just feel so blessed. Um, but I guess now the, the point though is, do you have to go through everything and have that destruction and loss of everything to reach that sense of contentment? And you know, I don't necessarily think so. And and you know, I think that's why sharing stories like mine and, and all the friends that I've, that I've compiled, um, helps because it's like, listen, you don't have to, you don't have to keep banging your head against the wall. Like, <laughs> like me and other people have. I know Terence McKenna talked to, because he went to India a lot and he, he was, he said that he was surprised that he couldn't see, uh, any like, uh, artistic representation of the DMT realm in India he, because the, uh, like Hinduism it's very psychedelic and and uh, and so he, he was surprised he couldn't really see any evidence in the art but I've I disagree with him because uh, maybe it's because of different DMT experiences I don't know but I think uh, Hinduism art and uh, uh, and all the stuff related to to those religions that I- encompass Hinduism is extremely DMT esque, and uh, I uh, so in the last few years I've been uh, really looking into the Bhagavad Gita and that, and uh, and uh, I see a lot of connections with what I've experienced myself with uh, with psychedelics, and. Uh, an interesting thing is uh, there's this uh, character called I'm sure you know about about it, but it's called Shiva, and it's both birth and death. So it destroys and it creates, uh, and that's the like the I guess the circle of the universe or the circle of life. And but when my entire back is covered with a huge Shiva tattoo, <laughs> so I'm well versed in Shiva. <laughs> but what a great story, yeah. <laughs> Okay, okay, but anyway, the destruction and the the creation is a dance, right? So Shiva dances, and just the other day I realized something I hadn't uh, seen before because there's this uh, famous, uh, like this, the when you see a statue of, of Shiva dancing, it, it's like she's standing on one or he, I don't know, but standing on one leg, and there's like a circle around Shiva. 
And I realized uh, the other day that Shiva is actually standing on a little demon, like a little dwarf. So what Shiva is doing when, when dancing is dancing on uh, a symbol of demonic evil. So instead of like fighting evil or like trying to, like in Christianity, you have to, you have to conquer the devil or destroy the devil or whatever, or fight against the devil. Shiva just dances on the devil. And that's like quite baller <laughs> in a sense, like it doesn't even have to fight the devil. It's just the devil is the devil and, and I'm just dancing on it, you know. And I thought that was pretty cool. Well, because you get the appreciation and the understanding of, of the cycle of life and, and that it is a constant birth and death. It is constantly destruction and, and rebuild. And once you're not afraid of that and, and to, to truly dance and, and, and you know, th there's a lot of stories and depictions of, of Shiva doing this, this destructive dance of death and doing it with a smile and, and, and doing it with, with a sense of levity because you, you know what's going to come from that, which is this fertile soil that can grow everything. Um, you know, and, and to kind of keep that metaphor or use that metaphor for my life where, where I had all of this amazing structure in, in, in the job and the houses and in the relationships. And, and now all of that got completely wiped away, destroyed completely. But now what an amazing way or, or how exciting it is to live life knowing you have just this open fertile ground to, to randomly throw seeds over your head and, and whatever, you know, you don't know what's going to grow. But if you can, if you can look at that, that barren bare soil and know that, man, that's grounds for some new, exciting stuff. And, and it, it's, yeah, that, that's ultimately why I, I really embrace the story of Shiva because it, it, it embraces that destructive part and, and not even destructive, normal decay, you know, that, that, that's part of the cycle is, is that everything does have, have that it's useful span and, and that's, and that's okay. Whether that be a relationship, whether that be a certain status of your life. Um, and, but once you embrace that, and then take it maybe even to the to the to the final stage, em embrace death uh, to not to not fear death to understand that that the death of this body and the death of this you know what we're going through right now is Alex and Adam uh, is only going to be you know the death of us is only be the next step in something else beautiful and new and fertile and and it's a cool way to look at it. Yeah, I've noticed that uh, when, because sometimes you you have to go through some change that's annoying, but then you realize a few months later that oh, it's much better now because of that change. But I remember I had I worked as a postman when I was younger, and I after a year working there, I decided to quit and do something else. And my coworker who'd worked there all his life, he told me something that I never forgot because I was only twenty at the time. He said that I wish I was brave enough to quit like you, and that's always stayed with me. Uh, that helped me just as much as psychedelics, not to be afraid to quit if something doesn't feel right, you know. Well, because and, and so many people don't know their value and know their worth, and that and that's huge, you know. And and even like I said, and and I I recently got introduced to you, um, you know. So mm -hmm. I started listening to Simia podcast and and. One thing comes through is, is that you're comfortable in your own skin. You're very comfortable speaking your mind, um, and, and and you'll stand by it. And and 
there are so many people that, whether they're controlled by society, whether they're controlled by the government, whether they're just too whatever. And, and it's, it's sad because as, as soon as you see, as soon as you realize your own power and your own value and your own beauty, uh, you start demanding respect or, or you start, you know, if, if, if a job doesn't suit you and you're not comfortable, th- then you quit. I mean, what's the alternative? Stay there and be miserable. But it's like, how many people actually stay there and be miserable? Or same thing in a relationship. You know, you're in a toxic relationship and it sucks. But people don't have, you know, the, the courage to, to end a shitty relationship. It's like, well, what are you, <laughs> you just going to stay in something that doesn't work? But, you know, I hate to say it. I I did that for many years of my life. So, I, you know, I don't pass judgment. I, I, like I said, I'm just happy that my eyes kind of got open to, you know, and, and I think it's important every day, just kind of check yourself. Is this where I want to be? Is this where I want to be with, um, you know, are these people valuing me? And if the answer is no to, to any of those, then you, you move on happily move on. <laughs> yeah. I, it's ironic that I think I could be a very good politician in the sense that I, I have certain, uh, values that it wouldn't matter how much money they would try to bribe me with. Uh, I could not sell myself to my own. I couldn't break certain things I stand for myself that I believe in. So it, I, I could I could never be bribed. But the the irony is that um, uh, that also leads to like people who feel like this maybe unfortunately don't want to be in politics. You know. <laughs> so. Well, could you imagine doing something like that and then doing an ayahuasca session? Like imagine. Imagine the, you know, the tongue lashing, like, like, I guess ultimately that's the, that's the point is you, you would have to deal with yourself. Like if, if you did something deceitful and shady and, and screwed over people, man, that, that would be a, that would come up as a pretty bad trip. Like, yeah. If I did that, I, I probably would never do psychedelics again, <laughs> at least not ayahuasca. <laughs> yeah. You'd be, I, but uh, it forces that ultimate truth. Yeah. <laughs> and, and try to live as long as possible so I don't die. You know, <laughs> to avoid the coming penalty. I have the, always had this theory that when you talk about bad, very bad people who do very bad things, uh, and, and some say like, "Well, they're gonna burn in hell, or they're gonna be punished when they die," and that, and I and I have this belief that no, they're not. They're just gonna be extremely embarrassed when they die. I mean. And, and and that's actually that's actually the worst of them all, much worse than being physically tortured because that's just pain. But to be embarrassed, imagine being extremely embarrassed in front of your like the person you love the most, or maybe your children or your mother or something like that. That's horrible when you like feel shame for what you've done to like your mother or or a child maybe, and that feeling for uh, in uh, times the thousand you that's what i imagine and uh, that's probably what would make somebody in a sense learn more from this life if they do bad things than somebody who doesn't which is a bit of a strange way to look at it i guess but i always try to well now after this dmt kind of experience or chapter in my life i always kind of live life with you know thinking that God and and I've studied most of the world's religions and kind of have my own, you know, mended version of of what that is. Um, but that you know, what, whatever that that energy is, I, I always feel as though you know, God's on one shoulder, my my, my grandfather's on another shoulder. Who, who I've always 
um, you know, look to as, as a pillar of integrity and character. But now I kind of have these, what would uh, these DMT entities or, or these, you know, these beings or so that I communicate in this DMT space, it's almost like I'm going to have to answer to them too. And, and that's where I think also psychedelics can be cool because it holds you accountable. And even if it's in a weird way, because you think you're accountable to these other entities, but yeah, I, I kind of go through life where, you know, one shoulder has, has God, one has my Pepe and the other one has uh well, not that I have three shoulders, but you get the idea. <laughs> and, then, and then the DMT entities are hovering over being like, yeah, Adam, if you fuck up, I'm going to, next time you do that session, uh, we'll be talking to you. But it, what a great way to keep you grounded and cre- keep you humble. A- and probably more importantly, keep you dealing with your fellow human um, with character, integrity, with empathy, with sympathy, um, you know, with the desire to help instead of to hurt. Uh, I was thinking that similar today that there's this and, and, and the, the details really don't even matter. There, there's just, you know, somebody that, that I've expressed some kind of not ill feelings towards, but just had some apprehension towards. And it's like, no, I'm still going to do something nice for that person because in essence, I'm doing that, that's something nice for me. And, and I'm putting that, that, that positive vibration out into the world. And that's way more than putting out, or, or excuse me, way better than putting out the negative. It's only going to come back to you. Yeah, it does eventually. What do you, the eternal question is uh, this, of course, with DMT. Uh, maybe it doesn't really matter, but do you view the intelligence you encounter or talk to or as a part of you or something outside of you that's not anything to do with you? So this has changed over time and it, and it's still continuing to change. So um, I've done DMT hundreds of times now, well over a hundred times. I've done ayahuasca maybe 20 or so times, but typically I'm, I'm smoking the, the DMT. Um, and I would say that the first few months, it really seemed more like, you know, I, I was going into this, this new space. My um, senses were, were expanded and I was going to explore all these weird sights and sounds and all these geometric patterns and things like that. And then over time, it kind of felt as though I was the one that was being explored. So I would I would break into this this DMT space, and it was almost like, "Hey, he's back, he's back!" Like here's this human coming back into our space again. And then I I kind of seemed like I was being explored and and examined ultimately. Um, and it was very it was intrusive, but not in any kind of like painful way. But but it really felt as though I was going in and, and I was being probed and examined uh and then it kind of morphed into this and and, you know i don't know if it's because of of books that i'm reading or or philosophies that i'm that i'm kind of resonating with that that are making me think like this but i had this this really profound sense that it was myself examining myself but from a future time a future dimension i mean i mean it's weird to talk about these things and not sound like a a complete nut job but like i i really felt as though i was i was communicating to me from from a a more expansive consciousness space so you know is is that outside or is that is you know is that from within it's it's almost like it's the same you know it's it's (laughs) it's your your own consciousness speaking to you so where's that line of separation you know that that i don't know but you know maybe maybe to to answer your question in in a simple way are are there 
outside entities and outside intelligences and outside somethings that that are communicating a hundred percent now you know whether they're the, the machine elves or the jesters or the you know you name it of the, the popular things that are tried to describe it uh it's it's definitely other beings communicating pretty vast amounts of information to you and it, you know but once again is, is that just your hypersensitive consciousness from the future <laughs> downloading more information into you. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a very weird and I guess that's the rabbit hole now that I don't see myself ever getting out of. You know, how how do you start like I did a podcast last week where the gentleman was really interested in, in UFO phenomena and, and kind of tying into you know, is is this DMT realm and and you know, kind of like what I just explained, like the, like this weird probing and, and being explored by some other being. It sounds very similar to, to alien encounters. Um, you know, and then that, that that sounds very similar to to people. You know, there's a lot of research that people with like epileptic seizures and, and people that have um, migraine headaches and things like that that are able to to you know that their mind goes into this weird expanded state and, and they're able to to see these these weird entities too you know so what if we're, if we're all kind of coming to the same conclusion that there's something other than out there it's just how, how do you put words to that where where you don't scare away too many people i think that the easiest way that i do it to myself and, and i try to explain to people is you know right now typically humans you know are, are known to have five senses when you do DMT, not only are all five of those five senses completely expanded, so you're hypersensitive to all sorts of new colors and, and vibrations of sound, and and you know you're you're tasting colors and, and you're hearing all you know all, all this weird stuff's going on. But then you also acquire new senses, and, and, and you know I don't know like what term do you use or how do you even describe what that that new information input is, but you really are able to tap into a whole different spectrum of, of, of energy, a whole different spectrum of information and a whole different spectrum of, of life changing, uh, interactions, you know, and like I said, what that is, I don't, I don't know, but I know it's very real and, and it's not like a one-time hallucinization. It's, it's not a one-time like, oh, you bumped your head and you felt this. Um, and that's, you know, that, that's kind of where now a lot of the studies going in with this extended state DMT. Um, so like Imperial College in England, in England excuse me, they're, they're doing a lot of this research. And, and there's a lot of people where now, you know, that they're trying to get people intravenously to stay in these these spaces for a half hour, hour, even more to try to describe what's there. And maybe not map is, is not necessarily the right kind of term, but try to figure out what what's the common theme that myself and all these other people are coming back with, because there does seem to be some very common themes. Yeah, I think it wasn't uh, there's this website that tried to map all the different characters. Uh, uh, can't remember if it was it wasn't a shroomery or one called Nexus or something. I can't remember now what it's called. But they they like they list all the hundreds of different characters that you can meet. And uh, like to try to see uh, if they can find a pattern. And it's funny reading that list because I have met some of them. You know, like so it's a bit weird that somebody else has seen the same thing. And it, and and the descriptions are quite detailed. So it's not like loose descriptions. It's quite detailed. So it's like, oh yeah, it, it, 
it's not like when you read a horoscope, you can make anything fit into anything. It's not like that. It's like very distinct. Um, and um, have they been showing you things? Like, uh, like almost as if they like they come forward to you and then show you something like in their hand. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so actually, and, and I kind of had a, so the, the, the first, I don't know, 30, 40 times maybe doing it. So feeling very comfortable going into the space, having these types of interactions. And you say like, you know, do, do they, do they hand something over to you? It seems almost like every time you, you come out of it, um, you're repeating like a, a three or four word phrase. Uh, it's you know down the middle, down the middle, down the middle. Uh, let it be, let it be, let it be. Uh, it's all love, it's all love. You know, so you you get these these messages. Um, I had one the other, so I, I have a you know a, another book coming out, and, and man, I I saw that the title, the the, the cover. The, I mean, it literally was kind of like yeah, hey man, like this this is this is it in the future. You're you're gonna get this, um, but. There came a point where, and, and a lot of that information is, you know, some of it is, it, it seems like it, it's handed to you in, in a normal sensory fashion, but a lot of it is this, this constantly changing, morphing, um, you know, mandala shapes with all this kind of interacting stuff. And, and it's kind of hard to decipher, well, what are you, what are you trying to get out of that? So I, I was going into these spaces with kind of a, a cockiness where I was just like, I'm, you know, I want to demand the answers to all these, these deep existential questions. And I want to know the, the, the meaning of life and how it began and, you know, kind of going in there being like, all right, I've already seen all these, these fancy sights and sounds. I want to know more information. And that I, I swear after I kind of came out and I was just like, that's all you got is, is these weird sights and sounds. The next like three or four times that I smoked, I don't want to say nothing happened, but it's almost like I wasn't allowed into, into that space. Like I would take, you know, four five, six deep, deep hits of a pure crystal, which normally would set anybody, com you know, completely rocket ship off. And it was nothing like there was no vibrational hum. There was no sights. There was no feeling like your, you know, your head was buzzing. There was none of that. And it almost felt like I was, like I said, like I got kicked off the team and, and I almost wasn't allowed in because, you know, I was disrespecting the information that they gave me. And then I was sitting there, you know, this is three or four times now getting it. And then the next time I was, I was kind of begging, like, please, can I get, let get back into this space? And I realized that these crazy sights and sounds is the information that, that is, you know, what are they going to use English language and talk to me? Like I'm some schmuck, like, like, no, that, that's certainly not how all of this incredibly advanced information is going to be conveyed. It's going to be conveyed in some sort of a download. It's going to be some sort of a you know, an input, whether it be a, a DNA upgrade, whether it be a, a neuroplasticity expanding of your, your connections in your brain thing, but somehow, some way it, it's going to be, you know, I think I think more similar to a download. And I really realized that looking with an open mind to all of the, the and it's so basic to say just the sights and sounds, but, you know, it's also kind of foolish just to use all this flowery language when it's impossible to describe what you see. But like last night I, I did a session um, and, and I typically like to do that before a podcast interview to kind of see what, what comes up and what gets through it. And, and I was just saying that laying there being like, thank you. And, and I said, thank you so many times over because I just felt so privileged to, to see and experience what I was seeing and experiencing. Like, like most humans don't ever get to, to see that and, and feel that, to feel that, 
that bliss where you're just so connected to whatever whatever sources um you know you you really are shrouded in god's god's grace you really are in this this weird whatever um state of flow with with your creator and it, and it's it's awesome um yeah i remember after my very first ayahuasca ceremony the next day i was like uh, i need to be on cnn right now you know <laughs> this ne- this is breaking news you know that's how i felt uh, but it's very fascinating that thing you just said because I've had that myself and others I know. It's completely unscientific that a substance could react to stuff like that. Because I remember one time I made DMT and I made it without intention and I made it, uh, I don't know how to describe it, like greedily. Like, yes, yeah, no. Yeah, I'm going to make some DMT. And it it completely did not work. I mean, it was like I had to throw it out. It didn't work. So then I, I realized that. And I, then I made it with intention and praying and making it properly. And it then it worked fine. And also the same with ayahuasca where I... One time I had a few rough ceremonies and I, I had to drink. Because when you in the Amazon, you know, like... Um, you have many sessions in a row, you know. Um, so I had to have another ceremony and I just wanted to have a break so I, I, I just asked the ayahuasca can you please just give me a break and I need to I can't have a, an experience today because it's too much I have to take a break but I drank the same amount from the exactly the same bottle and, and I had no no experience I mean I, I, was, I just had like a you know, laying there feeling relaxed, but there was no, there was nothing. You know that that, and and then the next day I was like, okay, now I'm I feel fresh, and then it it w- went came back. I mean, it's like that's completely unscientific. I don't know how that could could work. You know how you would how how you would rationally explain that uh, if you don't believe in like magic or the supernatural. Well, it, yeah, no, I agree. But now, and. You believe in magic. I believe in magic. I've experienced it. You've experienced it. Um, so now, you know, once again, what do, what do you do with that information? And how do you how do you apply that to your everyday life? But I think that, so I guess, you know, t- to your point, I, I agree that these plant-based medicines do have some some greater energy or, or uh, something that, that does Ha- that, like you do have to 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 resonate and, and vibrate on it, you know, on on a similar level. Um, but I also think that that's where like set and setting and intent intention and, and um, environment are really important because you know I I know with myself anyway. Every time I use these molecules, I I really do have have a such such reverence for them such a sense of gratitude to have the opportunity to explore where i'm going to going to explore um you know i i always make sure i pray and i meditate i always make sure i have a purpose you know i'm never just doing it where we're like i i so i mentioned how i don't drink alcohol anymore um but i i smoke marijuana every day all day you know and it's one of those things where you wake up you you, you grab a joint or you you pack the pipe or you do it you know and, and it's almost like you're doing it as out of a habit or you drink coffee like a habit uh, DMT is, is, is definitely not anything you do as a habit. And, and it's like every time it, it, it's something that you really have to, to prepare for. But, but I think because of that, because you, or you should in any way, you know, understand why you're doing it. A, a lot of times you're, you're, 
you're setting yourself up for that positive experience. You're, you're you know, you're, if, if the goal is to, to look inward and to find where your, your cracks are, it's, it's going to happen or, or, you know, it has a better chance of it happening. Um, you know, and, and I think it, it listens to you and it tells you when, what you need to know, but yeah, it, it's, it, you know, there's been times in my, even with, with shrooms sometimes where it just, you, you won't, it's like, like you said, you're not allowed on the train, so to speak. It's like, no, you missed it. You just gotta, you gotta wait till next time. But, which is fine. You know, I, I almost think like, great, thanks. Maybe I, I missed something that, that I should be missing or I'm not ready yet. I asked the mushrooms once uh, if magic was possible and it laughed in my face and said uh, that uh, magic is easy. You just do it. And then I realized that the only reason you can't really do magic now, like uh, I can't levitate or anything like that, is because I I can't let go of the rules, you know, <laughs> like, uh, uh, but if you could, like, if you became like a super intelligent, uh, super enlightened sage, I'm, I'm, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you could just like in the matrix, just fly away, you know? Well, so you're, um, you had your, your two prior guests, uh, the guys that the husband and wife that hung out with, um, Manly Hall and, and just, so Imagine if you could have all of all of his information in your head, like you know, so all of the, the deep understanding of magic and and how it works and how like, and, and so that that's where my mind's going. So imagine if you can combine that with easy access to DMT and easy access to that realm and easy access to the expansion of your your senses and acquisition of new senses. Like what, man? What could you do, personally and for the world? Like what could you do? Um. But yeah, no, I'm I'm super interested in in all of that that past exploration of self, and and you know you you start going deeper and deeper. So like, you know, I'm sure you're familiar with like the Hermetic text, text, excuse me, and, and like the Hermetic principles, and you know you you mentioned already Hinduism, and and it it seems like a lot of these the the basic philosophies of of human I don't know, civilizations or, or whatever, like time periods of, of, of human evolution, they, they all kind of point to the power of looking within and, and to the, that power of, of knowing how you're connected in, in, in essence, one with sauce and how everybody's kind of part of that. Uh, and, and magic is just knowing that, that you, you are that, like that, you you are the same energy. You are the same light. You are the same vibration of of what you're trying to manipulate. So yeah, just just do it. Uh, it sounds easy. Like all right, well, make it levitate. Well, I don't know. I feel like I manifest stuff in my life all the time. I don't know if you know who Rupert Sheldrake is, but he has a great slogan where he goes, uh, "The supernatural is natural, and the paranormal is normal." Hmm. Well, so. And, and I, I agree. And, and, and so th- this is kind of the difficulty of coming out of this DMT space where, so like if, if you believe in ghosts or if you believe in aliens or if you believe in these DMT entities and, and, and pick one of the three, like if, if you do actually believe that, like how, how do you just go about your day-to-day life and, and not have your, your fucking mind blown to know that like right now there's, there's all that past collections of, of en- energy that that's in this room potentially, or that tonight, if I do my DMT session, I'm going to be able to, to connect with something higher than, 
I don't know. It just, it makes almost living a, a mediocre mundane life impossible. Like every, every day ultimately is full of magic. Like when you get up and you look at the moon in the, in the sky, I don't know. That's all I think is magic. How is it anything other? <laughs> like we're learning so much more about, about what, what is reality? You know, what is, what's actually taking up the space around us? You know, is, is, is consciousness really the, the creator of matter? Like, you know, there's all this weird stuff that, that, like, you know, to your point, we're constantly changing our, our understanding of the universe and, and constantly shifting our, our scientific uh, theories. And it just seems like we're in this this weird point now where there's just so much stuff coming out. And, and whether it be through DMT stories or, or alien stories or just, I think, an overall general shift in consciousness. Uh, I, I'm, I'm excited to be in this space at this time to see where, like, where's, where's the, the next, the next chunk of information going to come? Like, it, it's almost like, and, and I think, I don't know if it was Andrew Gallimore or, or somebody was saying about how, like, this really is kind of like the next monumental shift from like flat earth to round earth, you know, like back in the day, if every, everybody thought flat earth. And then once, once that was proven to, to be false, uh, you just have this whole shift on how you how everything is is looked at. So, you know, if if we can prove that there are intelligent entities other than humans on Earth, and or, or even if even maybe more fucked up, that it's only it's it's our human selves, but in some expanded consciousness form from the future that's coming back. And you know, this is some sort of simulation, or I don't know. There's so many weird weird ways of looking at it, but. There's a lot of brilliant minds that are exploring these very questions that, that are exploring, you know, what, what happens at, at end of life experiences and near death experiences, you know, what, why does our brain have the ability to, to pulse DMT and, and experience these, these weird realms, you know, and, you know, what, whatever answer we get is going to be mind blowing, you know, whether, whether we're receiving some outside information from some intelligent sender uh, that that's pretty insane. But then also, if this type of information is encoded in our own brain and DNA, and somehow as human evolution produced what we're able to see in a DMT state, that's equally as mind blowing. Because I mean, what what evolutionary value do I have by by seeing what I see when I go into my DMT sessions, other than just to completely blow my mind to understand that there's so much greater than like it's just either answer is is worth dedicating your life to figure out why well i think psychedelic uses would probably survive a societal breakdown better so because we don't give a fuck <laughs> yeah well because I, I have this smell right now where i sense that like there's some going to be some sort of like change uh, global change and that's very scary and uh, it, it would be it's also scary for me in the sense i have kids and hopefully it won't be like nuclear war or something but like uh, the actual if you survive the change then that's glorious like i mean a societal breakdown means that at some point you would have to rebuild and that's awesome like imagine if you could like try again and like correct errors that that's amazing yeah the next sh shiva <laughs> my my hope is that 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 change and, and 
I agree. I, I kind of have that same hint of that smell that something is changing. And, and I can just hopefully use my life as a microcosm of what that change may hopefully be. Um, so I, I ended my book with the name that the chapter is Love, uh, Love Thy Neighbor. And, and, and I really can't believe that that's how I, I ended my book because it started with me completely distrusting humans, uh, literally going out into the desert to kill myself because of the deceit of other people. Uh, I, I had, I was just given up on, on humanity truly, but then through all of these experiences and, and, and walking the streets with homeless people and hugging strangers and, and sharing all of these unique stories, um, and, and then experiencing all of the psychedelics and, and the therapy that that allowed, uh, I realized that it really is about love and, and, you know, I'm, I'm covered with all of these tattoos that, that, <laughs> make me look like not necessarily ag aggressive or angry, but just, you know, there's a lot of darkness and a lot of hate and a lot of just kind of, you know, stay the fuck away from me. And that was way before I realized how, how therapeutic love can be and how important it is and, and how love and connection really is how we're going to get through the next step. So like if we just treated everybody, how we wanted to be treated, if, if, you know, if you give everybody, respect and, and you, you listen to each other, like, like they deserve to be listened to. Um, we, we would just solve that, that many more problems. And, and I think that consciousness shift is what's happening. And, and this is going to sound corny to say it like this, but it's because over the last couple months, like I've hugged more middle-aged men and cried with middle-aged men. Um, and, and, you know, obviously no, no like sexual sense. And I, and I say that, um, you know, I talk about DMT in my book and, and how it can be used in the bedroom with all these beautiful women. And I'd be happy to talk about that as well. But the, the, the love from grown ass men hugging me, crying in my arms, being comfortable expressing that, being like, you know what, we can get through this together and, and I'll help you. And it's okay to cry and it's okay to, to say, hey, this is where I fucked up and made a mistake. And, um, you know, can I, can I share a warm meal with you? Can I, can I smoke a joint with you? Can I, can I simply have a hug? Um, and, and, once you realize how good that is to connect with your fellow human, it becomes very easy to act in a moral way. And however you define moral, you know, I think it's really just just treat others how you want to be treated. Don't don't lie, don't deceit, don't steal, don't cheat, don't hurt. Um, and if we all could kind of shift towards that, there's plenty of natural resources on this planet to go around. There's plenty of, of money. Um, there's plenty of all that. It's what, what we need is less greed, less hate, less uh, self-destruction. And ultimately, I think that that's the, the shift is if people can see their own value and their own worth and their own beauty, you know, so all these guys that I said, I've, I've, that have kind of been in my arms and hugging me. It's not because of anything I've said. It's not because of anything even that happened so much because of a particular drug interaction. It's that they realized when they looked in the mirror, how beautiful and wonderful they were with all of their faults and flaws, with, with all of their scars, that they were beautiful beings and that they were worthy of love. And, and if everybody felt that, they would demand like you did when you quit your, your postal job, you, you demand love and respect back. And if that could be the general consciousness shift, uh, I think it would make a lot of our problems that much easier to address because you're not going against it as, like you said, blue team, red team, you're going against it as how are we as humans evolve to the next level of human consciousness, which is not fighting over resources or manipulating one another for personal gain like that only ends in your own destruction sorry that was that was a tirade but <laughs> yeah i would think like it sounds a bit egotistical maybe but if if the whole world had my outlook that i have have 
that I then we wouldn't need money <laughs> because you'd give and share as needed due to merit due to whatever and like yeah it's a it's a frustrating thing uh, to go through to go through the world knowing that there's a lot of people that have closed minds but I guess and even the fact that you you and I reaching out to one another you and I helping spread each other's message um and even i believe the people that connected us you know that they're doing their thing connecting people and and the the more and more you reach out there there are there is a growing mass of people there there is a and i think ultimately there hopefully will be a critical mass of conscious thinkers that will just be like yeah enough enough of this bullshit enough of you know i'm not gonna wear a mask because you simply tell me to wear a mask like i mean really if you can't see through that bullshit (laughs) you know and it's just i think people are done being told what to do, um, I'm hoping. And I, I think, you know, psychedelics and DMT can certainly be a part of that, that expandedness. And, and not once again, it's not for everybody. I don't necessarily condone that everybody goes out and, and does it. If anything, just the opposite. It's probably not for everybody. But the lessons you can take from it, which is to look within, um, you know, certainly can be used by everybody. But I do, if I meet somebody and I find out they've done psychedelics, I uh, I uh, censor myself much less, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's almost like once you've, once you've been to the proverbial mountaintop, you know, and you've seen what's there, you, you can't unsee it. And, and, you know, you don't, you don't have to spend 10 minutes explaining this crazy realm that you've been in where all you have to say is, oh yeah, oh, Oh, I did six grams of shrooms. Oh yeah. All right. So, <laughs> so you've been through some shit, huh? Like it, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely a, I don't know. I don't want to say a sense of brotherhood or camaraderie, but you, you get that, that badge, you know, it's like the, the boy scouts or whatever. Once you've, you've made your fire badge, you you get it. <laughs> you know, one of the, the, not reasons, but the, the big topics that, that get brought up about DMT all the time is, is the short span of it, you know, so that, that would be a good point to maybe bring up where people, if, if they aren't fully familiar with DMT or, um, you know, why it can be so useful is that with most psychedelics, you know, you, you have to set aside an entire day. It's six, seven, eight hours. You know, you take a few tabs of LSD and, you know, you're out for 10, 12 hours or more where the beautiful thing about DMT is it's, you know, seven, eight minutes and, and then you're, you're back to being lucid and then you can kind of reset, integrate what you've learned, recoup, you know, so if, if you do have that, that oh shit moment where you're like oh man I'm, I'm going pretty deep you know you don't have to wait out an entire day before it passes through you and and that's one of the i think the, the beautiful things about dmt is that you can really get a lot of that bang for the buck as far as increasing neuroplasticity and, and changing things around and shifting your physiology in a way that that stays in a very short duration uh and then the beauty of that too is you then you can work in multiple sessions in in a couple hours you know so you smoke come up have your lessons do your breakdown do your crying write down you know the phrases that you heard and then then go back in and then integrate that and then go back in and it's like you know in, in a three or four or five hour session with the right intention you you can do some incredible positive work some some shadow work for sure some enhancement you know like i mean um and i have a, a chapter about once again how do you use it to benefit so you know um I have a transcendental sex uh, lab work in, in art, science and art, excuse me, something like that, where it's, you know, so you can imagine the engineer who has a problem 
and then does DMT to figure it out or the, or the, you know, the artist who's stuck writing a song and then you can open up your, you know, your, your flow state. There's just, there's so much that can be done in an eight hour blitz of DMT that can do so much benefit. Um, and then get right back to it. You know, like I, I use it before, before going to the gym and I'll let it come, you know, kind of leave my system and then cool. I have a nice invigorating, invigorating gym session. Um, the, the only warning I would give about that is that if it is a rough ride for some reason, then even though it only lasts like five minutes, it can still feel like five years when you're in it. Yeah. Oh, no, that's a great point. Ab- absolutely. And uh, I uh, I often listen, because of my uh, um, Amazon adventures, I often listen to the uh, Icaros, the, the medicine songs, when I do... Uh, DMT uh, because they are very grounding and there's this one particular Icaro that I've listened to so much I know it by heart uh, the song is only two minutes long so I remember like one time uh, it was so intense that when it becomes very intense you actually stop hearing the music a long time passed and I, I remember like oh I can listen to the music and, and find out roughly how long it's been and I swear, he only sang a couple of words. Like I was shocked, like how the time. I don't understand how the time can be so. But I guess that's that's uh, proof of dreams, you know, because you can fall asleep for uh, half a second and have a long dream. So it's kind of the same, same thing. Actually, it's kind of funny. The perfect segue for one of the things I wanted to bring up about the ability to. Um, you know, kind of use DMT and lucid dreaming as a way of kind of combining the, the two and how, you know, you can kind of open up that space and, and stay in it a bit longer with, with dreaming, you know, so once again, what, so you mentioned like time and how it can completely be shortened or elongated. And, and that's a, that's another thing. Like, like what, how does consciousness deal with time and, and what does DMT allow and, and what, what implications does that, does that have? Um, but as, as far as, you know, dream state in, in time, um, a lot of times I'll, I'll go to bed, know, like, you know, under the covers with the DMT pen, knowing that right after that session, I'm going to try to go right into a sleeping state. And that, that's a, a really, I don't want to say cool way, but, um, a way that I've really enjoyed using DMT because it, it takes that, that, you know, eight minute session and it kind of prolongs it until you wake up the next morning. You know, like you, you, you fall asleep, fall asleep, excuse me, in that heightened state, you know, if you can somehow become calm in it, which is, you know, it takes some practice, but that's, that's fun. I mean, I went to bed last night at 10 o'clock after smoking DMT and, and woke up this morning at six and I don't know, I felt as though I was in one big lucid dream. It was awesome. Cool. Well, it could also be that the, the true state of affairs is that, you know, of course there probably is no time. So uh, it's like the eternal now. Uh, if you don't, uh, if you can forget about time, it doesn't feel like a long time because it's just is, I guess. Uh, but because we're so infected with time, eternity feels really long, you know. So that's why this time dilation is can be scary which brings it back though to, to the to the perfect point of being mindful and present and and that's what you know so if, if you're mindful and present time almost goes away 
right? Because you're, you're not you're not worried about the future or the past. You're you're, you're just there, and what a, what a just it's a great place to be, which is now. You know, like just most people don't ever get to experience that for a minute, let alone to walk like that every day. It's an it's an awesome awesome feeling. Yes, I, I remember I had a ceremony many years ago in, 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 with ayahuasca where I had some problems and then Curandera, the shaman, like helped me singing and that and put me in a relaxed state. And then I found myself, I guess you could best describe it as I was in the like, in the arms of the, of God holding you like a baby, floating in eternity and the voice said to me, because it was very calm, it was extremely beautiful uh, and very calm. And the voice just said, it's always been like this, just uh, floating. It's always been like this and it will, will always be like this. And that was very comforting, you know. Uh, well, it's, it's calming even just to hear you say it. You know, you know honestly, like it, it's just... So if I believe your story to be true, and I do, I have no reason for you to think that you're lying to me or trying to, to sell a philosophy or anything like that. So like if, if in your moment of connecting with, with God, that's the information that was conveyed to you, because, and, and it's, it's very similar to what was conveyed to me, and it seems to be what's conveyed to a lot of other people. And it's just, what a beautiful message. So if, if people... I mean, who did you write the book for? Like, if somebody is well versed, it's not for them, or is it for everybody, or or new beginners, or? I so I I kind of I approached it as I wrote the book as the book that I would have wanted when I was in my DMT research phase. So this is not the the first book to read or the only book to read. You know, if if you only had one or two books to read, it, it would be Strassman. It would be some of the, these other more scientifically based books. What what. The whole purpose of my book was to approach the range of topics around DMT in an easy way. You know, it only takes three or four hours probably to, to read the entire book, but but also to, to put a a personal, not even a personal story to it, but like I'm not trying to sell anything. I'm not trying to sensationalize it. I'm not trying to, to say it's a cure-all. Uh, it, it really is just, I experienced so much darkness in my life. And then once I was able to see it in myself, I saw it in so many other people. And I realized that, uh, that there's a lot of that, that DMT and psychedelics in general can, can blast away a lot of that darkness. So this, this book was, was really probably more geared towards the, the mental health aspect of, of psychedelics and and the the kind of trauma and rebuilding of it. Um, but it's also just a, a straightforward, like, Hey, this is how it can be used. And, and it doesn't need to be, uh, yes, you need to have reverence for it and, and yes, please respect it. And it's not something you go about lightly, but it's also not anything to, to tip, tiptoe around and, and discuss it openly and honestly. And, and, you know, it really is just a plant extract, you know, those recipes, the, the, the you extract it from a, a mulch from a bark. I mean, it's, it's, you know, the several plants that you can get it from with high enough concentrations, but you know, most of the hostilis is the most common, and you, you, you buy it as ground up mulch or bark and it's a, a simple process. And, uh, you know, I wanted to, to let people know how approachable it is and it doesn't have to be some shady transition over the internet. You don't have to, I don't know. It's, it's, it's easier to make than, than brewing, 
uh, bear a wine. It's it's easier than than growing marijuana. Um, and if somebody asks, you, you just need to dye some t-shirts. Well, yeah, no, and that and and it's a beautiful dye. It, you know, it's it's this awesome purplish brown color, and and that's that's the thing about it too. Is is it's not. I mean, there's that fine line between when does it come illegal and not, and at what point when it comes together. But this this really is a. It's not something synthetically made. It's it's not produced in a lab. It, it's very very natural. Um, and that's that was probably the, the 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 first time I inhaled my first hit of DMT. That was the the so after the initial like oh wow well, like feels weird and all this stuff is happening. It was it felt so natural and it felt like I had had it in my body before. It felt very easy to metabolize. Um, you know, as much as my mind was blown, I felt very safe that, that, that this was okay for my body to have. Uh, it, it wasn't a, a poisoning sensation. Like when shrooms are starting to kick in, it wasn't a, a chemical feel like LSD. It was, you know, it really was, um, like your, your body just getting a jolt of its natural super juice. You know, it really was, it was, it felt very, 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 very natural. So that was also what I wanted to kind of not mirror, but, but I, and I bring up many times about that endogenous quality that 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 is one of the major things that separates it and um to me it makes it very approachable to somebody that that may be put off by psychedelics or quote-unquote drugs in in general where you know this this really is just a very not only plant-based medicine but naturally produced in in your body and in many mammals as well so it's it's just a it's, it's it's a it's a beautiful molecule that that can that can do a lot, you know, harm and, and and good, but with the right intentions, it can do it can do a lot. So, you know, I guess that was a long winded answer to why I wrote it, but it, it really was first and foremost. If I could help one person understand their their own beauty and their own self worth, and, and to 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 get them on the path to to stop, you know, destroying themselves. And I know that through the the emails and stuff like that that I've got, and the stories and the feedback. I know that I've already been able to accomplish that. So like for me, this book is already a success. Um, I know it's helped some people, so that's cool. Uh, if it allows me to continue on conversations like this, um, you know, all the better. I'd love to see where it goes. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks for being on the podcast. Oh, my pleasure. And hopefully we can continue this conversation in the future as we continue to learn more. So please subscribe to my YouTube. I don't know how long I'm going to be not banned on YouTube, uh, but please subscribe uh, on Rumble as well, National Born Alchemist. Um, leave a nice review on iTunes and uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, I guess it's called, and Spotify. Uh, that helps. And share this podcast with your friends if you think it's shareable. There's this song I'm working on at the moment, and it's far from finished. Uh, so what I'll end this episode with is ripping out a segment of that song, uh, just uh, the background electronic uh, noise, and mixing it with some Terence McKenna that never fails. Just because I want to blast you with some deep truth regarding DMT and what you should do when you're in the DMT realm. So enjoy that. Freedom is in the mind. Keep breathing. Keep looking. Keep breathing, keep looking.
breathing, keep looking, keep breathing, keep looking. 